Good morning and welcome back to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Wolt. On this show, I interview the coffee professionals of the West Coast, and I try to help us all get a little bit coffee smarter in the process. I do that by asking coffee experts coffee questions. Experts like Siri Simran Kulsa, the executive director of coffee at Lofty Coffee Company based in Encinitas, California, with additional locations in Carlsbad, La Costa, Solana Beach, and the Little Italy communities of San Diego County. Today on the show, Siri and I talk a little bit about Robusta and Arabica beans, and then we meander a bit about the past year and what we've learned or adapted. As is typical of our conversations, we go off-topic enough to keep you on your toes. Near the beginning, she reminds me that coffee is a plant, which seems super obvious, and we actually talk about coffee cherries plenty on this show, but somehow it always seems surprising to me that this thing that we drink comes out of the ground. After our chat, I'll go a little bit more in depth on some of the details between Robusta and Arabica beans, which is our topic today. And if you head to roastwestcoast.com, you'll find even more details about beans and about coffee in general. Before we get into all that, take a moment to follow at Lofty Coffee Co. and at Roast West Coast on Instagram. And then if you've got time and you're willing to share this show on your stories or your reels, please do. I can't say that I'm great at the social media game, but you probably are, and it'll really help others discover this show, and by extension, stoke their enthusiasm for coffee. At this point, I'm assuming you've filled your coffee mug or your tumbler or your five-gallon bucket from Lowe's with coffee because it is time to get coffee smarter with Siri Simran Kalsa on the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. We are back for... Uh one more chat with Siri Simran Kalsa from Lofty Coffee on the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. This is our last talk of the season. Uh, we are squarely into the beginning of the holiday season, which feels like it just gets longer and longer every year. But I'm excited to chat with her. I'm excited to chat with you. You're not her. You are you. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming back to the show, despite my inability to talk well. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Thanks so much for having me. Today, I want to ask you, we, we've gotten into some objective areas. Today, I want to ask you about something that I think is a little less objective, and it's just, what is the difference between Arabica and Robusta? Those are two terms I see a lot on coffee bags or in shops, and I think I know what they mean, but I'm asking you to make sure that I know what they mean. Okay. Um, so, Co uh, coffee is a plant. <laughs> um, so there's caffea that is the species or the uh, genus of coffee. And underneath that, there's a lot of different species of coffee. And Arabica and Robusta happen to be two of the species under that genus. And um, they are definitely the most, uh, the highest commercially produced species of coffee so so you mean like a family tree they'd be like kind of near the top they'd be the beginning of that tree and everything is kind of coming down from there so sorry i, I did i didn't i think i misspoke at the beginning so there's cafea which is the 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 top and then okay oh there's things that come from that and arabica and um robusta happen to be too 
of those. Um, there are other species, but these again are the two top um, commercially produced species. And so um, when we speak to specialty coffee, um, and when we're speaking to, uh, I know in uh, previous episodes, we talked about uh, the SCA coughing score- scoring sheet. Um, we are speaking specifically to Arabica coffee. Specialty coffee is considered, or, or Arabica coffee is like, to my understanding, the only specialty coffee, where Robusta is going to lie in its own category under that. And I don't have a lot of experience with Robusta coffee because we do not source um, as my experience of a coffee buyer and roaster. Um, We have never gotten a Robusta coffee. And you'll find that Robusta coffees tend to, Robusta coffees tend to have, are more resilient um, in the sense of uh, the growing aspect. So when it comes to growing and it's um, uh, yield, I believe they uh, are very high yielding as a species. So you see a lot of these coffees in more like commodity commercial coffees. Um, typically, uh, you'll have like instant coffee is going to be like Robusta. Um, and so, and also overall like lower quality. Um, again, someone might correct me if I'm wrong on this, but to my understanding, Robusta you know, I'm not going to speak to that because I think I'm incorrect. So never mind. <laughs> but <laughs> That's all right. It's okay to not know things on this show. That's the whole point. Yeah. I feel like I'm incorrect in this, but I feel like recently I was reading that Robusta coffees actually have a very high organic acid content and naturally end up being more acidic. But saying that out loud for some reason sounds wrong because what we praise, we pride so much in Arabica coffee is acidity and sweetness, but maybe what, again, I'm just now speculating potentially again, why that sounds wrong is because to me, my understanding, I believe like Robusta coffee is known to like have more like bitter qualities, which again comes from organic acids. But Again, I feel like I'm speaking to a subject I'm not super knowledgeable about, but uh, my knowledge mainly revolving around the different species and um, my expertise definitely being in the Arabica side of things. So, so just generally speaking, when when you think of when you think of Arabica, you're thinking of specialty coffee and robusta. Generally speaking, we're thinking of like Folgers, Maxwell House kind of a different just a different strain of coffee a different kind of coffee that you're drinking yeah so that's this is i think perfect uh segue into what is going to be the last question i have for you this year or well this season and this year uh because the show comes to an end at the end of 2021 um which has been just a fucked up year in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Excuse anyone who doesn't like cursing. I don't curse a lot on the show, but I do a lot in my real life. Um, And this year feels like it deserves a curse word. And last year, at least most of it. So my question for you is, what have you learned over the past 18, 19 months about, about yourself, about the world and about kind of your journey in coffee? Because Mm. you and I have talked a lot about coffee, hours about coffee over two seasons of the show. 
Um, this is our third season, but you've been on the show for um, two and a guest on the first season. And uh, so I'm just wondering where, what, what it is you've learned and how do you think, you know, your journey has evolved because of the situation we all were putting collectively? Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful question. Um, yeah, this has been an, an incredibly challenging, but also an incredibly rewarding year and a half. I think something that I've learned and been reminded about is that change is going to come and you're not going to always know how and when, (laughs) but that you can either accept change and accept challenges and, you know, deal with them as they come, or you can stay, um, resistant and potentially have a harder time ultimately because of it. So for me, I've found that, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, um, there were so many rapid changes happening from a business point of view that um, I immediately felt I went into this this kind of fluid mode of like going with what we have to do on the day to day. And what that's further taught me is like, sh- it's shown me a sort of resilience that I can have and Um, an ability to be on my feet and problem solve quickly. It also, I think in this last year and a half has taught me uh, a lot about my own strengths as a leader uh, in a business. Uh, So because of a lot of the shifts that came, I was already very much in a leadership role, but I think it allowed me to further uh, step into that role and really take on the challenges that come with with that. And as a leader in a business, have never felt as confident and um, as assured as I have in the past. And so that, to me, is one of the biggest takeaways of this, where I would say I definitely there's a certain amount of natural leadership that I feel like comes, but there were there was a lot to learn. And I think I was able to learn that this year. And furthermore, from a personal standpoint, again, despite the challenges, I've actually I'm like in one of the better places I've ever been in my life. And I know that, again, that's not the case for everyone. (laughs) But I think a big part of that is a making new relationships over this last year that have felt really healthy and um, have brought me a lot of happiness. And uh, I think we've all seen that where throughout this time, whether people have come or gone in our lives, the ones that are here currently have just played a really important role into that, into that going with the flow and and, um, sticking to the changes. (laughs) Sure, that dynamic is important. Um, I know that I have certainly made choices in who I want to surround myself with when I am surrounded by people, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't often. I've been very, very sequestered to some extent, even even now, even after being vaccinated, just being cautious and not wanting to be a spreader and all that stuff. But sure. um, but there are just different levels to this thing for everybody and and for all of our, uh, all that we've all gone through and people 
have gone through in much worse cases, certainly than me, and certainly worse than most Americans and, and a lot of places around the world, is it really forced you to kind of take, there was a moment where everyone had to slow down just enough to say, what is it that I really want out of life? And unless you were really trying to avoid it, you probably had a minute or two where you were questioning some of the choices you've made and either reinforcing them or maybe taking a chance to step away and move in a different direction. And so, yeah, it sounds a little corny to say like the silver lining of a terrible thing, but it does feel a little bit like, like that. And if, and if, uh, and if we're, we can, we all come out of it a little bit more grateful and a little more accepting than, then that's a good thing. Totally. You mentioned earlier, um, not earlier today, but earlier in a different show, uh, that you took up climbing uh, over mm-hmm. the last year. And I'm wondering if you, was that a, re- a reaction to the pandemic inspiring you to get out and kind of, I don't want to say away from people, but out into the world more? Or was that something you'd been kind of looking at and all of a sudden you had, it just, it just sort of happened? So it was something that I actually, it's weird, like I, throughout a lot of people that I know are rock climbers. Um, and it was something I always wanted to get into, but it felt a little bit like, I don't know if intimidating is the right word. It just felt like people be like, yeah, come climb. But like, you know how people do that where they're just like, yeah, come do this thing. And you're like, okay. It's like sort of an invite, but it's not like a specific invite where I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and so this is also going to sound silly, but uh, um, actually my, my, my current partner, he was the person to finally be like, hey, come with me to Rock Life. <laughs> and um, honestly, from there, the rest is history where it's just like, it was super fun. Um, and now that we're together, he... He's very, that's like, he's very into that and he's very passionate about it. I would almost say like maybe the passion I have for coffee is the passion he has for rock climbing. Um, (laughs) And um, (laughs) with the pandemic, I think it was just also just so great because it was a way to be outside and to be active and to enjoy the day and enjoy the people around you company while being outside and being safe. Um, <laughs> and so I think, yeah, uh, it, it was just a good timing with the right person to kind of introduce me to it. And uh, again, like I said, the rest is history. It's like, I go there as much as I can. I go, I climb as much as I can now. Um, actually, I think I might be climbing later today, even though I climbed yesterday. Um, <laughs> my body's feeling okay. So <laughs> I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday at the gym of how there's something, one of the, one of the things I love about rock climbing is that it's this, this moment where what, like, to be frank, I actually had a very stressful long week, work week. um, And uh, it was like this, thing that can take you out of your own head and you can focus specifically on your body and the exact next movement that you have to make to to progress along the climb that you're doing so um, for me it's a really nice balance with everything else that I do to um, be able to uh, maybe get out of my head because for those of you who are obsessed with coffee I, I don't know if 
you can agree with me on this, but I mean, I will literally have coffee nightmares <laughs> and like I wake up thinking about things specifically about coffee or cafe flow or um, cleanliness or uh, certain things. So again, it's, it's nice to have a balance there in a way so that I don't um, lose my mind down the coffee hole. <laughs> that's, that's so funny because I, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll immediately be like, okay, so if I change this thing on the design or on the podcast or on the thing I'm working on, and it's like my brain never actually stopped thinking about it, even though I was asleep. No. And I was just reading something this morning, I think, about how if you are concerned that you might be lazy, it probably means that you work too much because you don't Ooh. accept downtime as being okay. Mm. You know, so like mm -hmm. when I when I take a night off to just watch uh, TV or something uh, or, you know, Hulu or Netflix or whatever it is that we're watching because nobody watches TV, I feel uncomfortable. Like I'm not being productive during this time mm -hmm. when in reality uh, I'm, I'm actually still being productive. I'm just letting my brain not focus so hard on that one thing anymore. And so I think that idea that like that it's okay and probably necessary for your brain to take itself out of work mode or I don't even know what else, like just that thing you're so passionate about. I, I mean, you love thinking about coffee and talking about coffee, obviously. And I love a lot of the things that I do, but if my brain doesn't get away from them, sometimes it becomes not, not a curse, but it just becomes overwhelming. It can definitely feel a little unhealthy sometimes. <laughs> like I, will say, I, had, <laughs> yeah. I had a dream the other night uh, that I know people talking about their dreams. It's kind of silly, but I guess, one of the cafes, like the baristas were using too much Kafiza to clean the espresso machine. And then the porta filters like crystallized in Kafiza. And I'm like, I woke up, I was like, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> no, you definitely need to find a balance. <laughs> and I'm not surprised you're having dreams like that because, and this, Anyone who listens to the show knows I list, I live personally in North County, San Diego, and I pass by your newest shop in Carlsbad a lot. Mm -hmm. And it is just constantly packed. I don't know how yeah. anyone, I don't know how a new coffee shop can be so busy all the time. And it doesn't matter if it's 7 a.m. or 11.30 or 1.30. It just seems like the patio is full and there's people waiting all the time. So I'm sure it's been very busy and wonderfully stressful, at least to have that much success right away. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see. Um, I you know it's interesting to see how just in the neighborhood north of Encinitas, a lot of people are very they've never heard of Lofty, and so it's cool to see that there's so much, um, so many people are welcoming us and and coming into our shop to enjoy what we have to offer, and and that goes out to even the like coffee the surrounding coffee community being very um welcoming and just an awesome awesome place to be in in the carlsbad village yeah the the village is great i i do this is just my own little pitch for the village but <laughs> i can walk from to one co coffee shop one coffee roaster like one good coffee roaster and get an espresso walk to the next one and grab 
you know, a, a black cup of coffee or something and walk to the next one. And my wife can get a chai latte before we go and sit by the beach. I mean, there's something idyllic about that <laughs> to a point. Yeah. That doesn't seem really fair. <laughs> I'll be honest, I leave that many, that many coffee luxuries in one, one neighborhood. But Siri, thank you. I thank you uh, for being on this show so many times over and over again. Uh, thank you for doing it without having me pay you, which is super helpful for me. And just, and thank you for all your knowledge and being willing to share. It means a lot to me. And I think uh, people can hear how passionate you are about coffee. And, and I think it gets them excited about it too. Thank you so much, Ryan. Honestly, I've been on a handful of podcasts at this point, and this is one of the most fun I've been on just because it is so coffee focused where sometimes the conversation's great but like let's just keep talking about coffee <laughs> <laughs> i feel these these conversations need a focus because nobody wants to just hear me talk uh except yeah. for myself uh for an hour <laughs> randomly yeah so i'm i i am honored to be a coffee expert on the rose west coast podcast so i i can't wait to <laughs> see what you have in store for future seasons. Um, this is really fun. And again, thank you for having me. This is great. I'm, I'm glad you're here. And it is kind of shocking. Uh, this show, I believe, will be the 59th episode already. Hey, this, that's amazing. This <laughs> program when this comes out. So uh, we're rocking and rolling. Like if I can get to 100, that's, you know, that'll be awesome. That's two more seasons. We'll see if anyone's sick of listening. <laughs> <laughs> So let's backtrack a little bit and talk about Robusta and Arabica beans. Arabica and Robusta are two of the species of coffee near the top of the coffee family tree. Arabica's origins trace back to Ethiopia and are widely associated with what we consider specialty or craft coffee. The flavors found in Arabica beans are wide-ranging and are often known for being fruity and sweet, but that barely scratches the surface. When you hear us joke about coffee tasting or smelling like blueberries on this show, those are Arabica beans. As a plant, Arabica is grown at higher elevations, generally at least 600 feet above sea level. It's a fragile plant and susceptible to pests and weather, and it needs a lot of moisture, rich soil, shade, and sun. It's a very labor-intensive process, and all things considered, is much more expensive to grow than Robusta coffees. Robusta coffees, and I'm just going to stop right here and say, I've been saying Robusta, I've been saying Robusta, Sometimes I flip and flop. That's just my pronunciation, and I apologize for that. But Robusta coffees are generally considered to be more bitter or woody or oatmeal-y, and the coffee plants themselves are hardier. They're grown at lower elevations and can withstand more weather variables like temperature. They're also less labor-intensive, which makes them very popular as a general farm monocrop. It's a little too simplified to say that these are the only reasons that they are cheaper, but it is certainly a big reason. Because of the way Robustas are farmed as a crop, they are also considered to be worse for the environment generally. But that doesn't mean that Arabica is always grown environmentally friendly. To follow up on Siri's commentary, Arabica coffees do have more acidity, which does lead to more unique flavors in the coffee itself. For me, it breaks down into coffee for craft versus coffee for mass production. And I'd further that for you listeners by saying it leads into the choices we make when purchasing coffee both in the cafe and for at home. Siri and I also talk about what we've learned over the past year and a half, 
which has been a huge time of cultural and individual priority shifts. For Siri, accepting change and challenges as they come has been key to making life a little bit smoother as opposed to resisting it and making daily life a little more stressful. It has also meant finding outlets that create a more well-rounded life. She has used rock climbing as the thing that takes her out of her own head, especially when she needs a break from coffee or the coffee nightmares. We all have our own coffee nightmares, although they may not be about coffee for all of us, but rather that daily variable that we can't stop thinking about even when we sleep, be it our job, our passion, our hobby, our family, our health, society, and on and on. Sometimes our brains need a break or to follow a different path. For me, that was this show. When I was doing my best to lock down to avoid humanity, this show kept me connected and engaged. My silver lining during the pandemic is that I virtually met dozens of new friends I never would have met if I hadn't started this show. And if I'm being honest, I'm almost a little bit afraid to start doing this podcast out in the world, because I'm not sure I know how. Interviewing people in person, setting up mics, get out of here. On that note, that's today's show. Head to RoastWestCoast.com to find links to this show's industry partners like Café La Terre, Moster Coffee, Coffee Cycle, Marea Coffee, Leap Coffee, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, First Light Whiskey, Camp Coffee Company, and Cape Horn Coffee. Those roast industry partners help support this show and allow us to keep creating coffee content for you. Thanks again to Siri for being an expert on this show time and time again, and I'm sure she's going to be the future star of our Netflix Traveling Coffee Show, which is what I've been dreaming about at night. If you want these shows sent right to your email, along with articles about coffee, photos and videos, and vocabulary, make sure to sign up for the newsletter and or a subscription at roastwestcoast.com. You can also sign up for a paid subscription or give the gift of a paid subscription there. This show is always free on your favorite podcast platform like Apple or Spotify or Anchor, but paid subscriptions to the newsletter on Substack allow us to keep moving the show forward by adding better equipment, reaching more people, and frankly, those subscriptions are a huge creative and emotional and financial support. I'm always overwhelmed with gratitude when I see a new one come in. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through one more day. And please, always tip your baristas, and be sure to drink good coffee. I think that's it, man. You're awesome. I mean, I always feel like I go longer than I take more of your time than I deserve. And so uh, thanks for spending it. Such a pleasure. Seriously.